Hey everybody, it's Joel from the Board Game Mechanics, and news of my death has been greatly exaggerated. I'll see you guys next week. Now cue Katie and some kind of remarks about the show being better without me or something. I don't know. Pretty, pretty predictable. Alright, enjoy those. Everybody, it is the middle of June, and you're here with the board game boys. Wait, check that board game boy and girl because Joel apparently he was just too explicit for this podcast, and we had to get rid of him. That is true, we did. He dropped him like a bad habit. <laughs> and I mean, really, his, his firing wasn't so bad because he's on a cruise ship in like Bermuda or something today, I think, or the Bahamas. <laughs> Yeah, I think Bahamas, somewhere like that, yeah. So I feel like I'm getting screwed over in this deal. Like, he gets to go on a cruise, and I have to be on the podcast. That's okay. Yeah, he definitely got the better end of the deal, for sure. So I'm going to try to fill it in with some zany banter. I uh, made sure I had two dips of ice cream before we recorded this, so that I got all the dairy product flowing in my throat. (laughs) (sighs) However, I do not have a speedy freeze. But it's difficult to do that when you're recording with the person that always gets you the speedy freeze. That is true. And the funny thing is, well, first we should probably introduce who we are. So I'm Jason, as per usual, and filling in for Joel is... I'm Katie, Jason's wife, and also from That's What She Said. What I was going to say is, it's weird that we're in the same house recording in two different rooms, but I guess it is what it is. This is like ultimate first world problems, like... (laughs) How can, how can we be on the same podcast in the same house? Like we're using uh, two different computers, like we're on Skype, we're on like a, a recording program, like all this stuff, just so we can put it all together for you. So this is for you guys. The effort we went to, I actually, my daughter built a fort today. And I thought that would be a great place to record in because it would, you know, be sound muffling and it would separate me and Jason so we could do the recording. But Jason was a big uh, party pooper and took it down. It's different talking about you when you're not actually on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, I have to. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. It's, I don't know what you added out. So I'm hoping you're not saying all these terrible things with Joel about me, but we'll find out. I'll really, find out. I don't really edit out a ton. So not a whole lot. We'll blame it on Joel. Joel's one of the the nasty boy that always talks bad about other people's wives on the podcast. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's it. That's right, Joel. I'm coming for you. I'm taking your spot. I can do zany banter. I got zany banter all day. All right. So I think we need to cut that zany banter off (laughs) and we'll just get rolling into the news. Okay. So I have two pieces of news. That I'm going to talk about today, both from Kickstarter, as per usual. And the first one that I wanted to talk about, I only put on there because you're doing the podcast with me. And it is a new expansion of Monikers. And I know that you like Monikers. And I felt the need to put this on there and talk about it to maybe score some brownie points. So this is called Monikers Serious Nonsense. And it's from Shut Up and Sit Down. It's more of the same as the base game. It has 330 cards. It's only 20 bucks. And there's 21 days left. So if you like monikers and you wanted some more silly cards, go check this out. And if you really want to score brownie points with me, you should just back it because you know how much I love monikers, even though you never let me play it. 
That's true. Yeah, I'm probably not going to score that many brownie points. So if you've never played Monikers before, since Jason is, you know, Mr. King of Party Games, uh, Monikers <laughs> is like <laughs> a mix between uh, like charades and like password kind of. So everyone picks like, I think, five cards with clues on them um, of what they think people would know. And I mean, it's everything from like red shirt guy to um, Jane Austen to Ted Bundy. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And then everybody's cards get stuck together in one deck and you go back and forth between the two teams and there's three rounds. And so each round you get your, you try to get your team to guess what's on the cards in different ways. So the first round is use any words you can to explain it. And the second round is you can only use one word to get them to guess. And so you're reshuffling the same cards so that people know what's in there, but it's kind of can be a big stack of cards. You have a lot of people playing. And then your last round, it's charades, no words at all. And I think it's really fun. I put these with a bunch of ladies at my church and like all different kinds. Like um, we had some young, like 20 somethings. We had some, you know, like soccer moms. And then we had some grandmas and they loved this game. So if you like this game, I would definitely suggest backing it. Or if you don't like it, but you like me, back it and then send it to me. I can get you the address. You just email <laughs> Katie at bgmechanics.com and I'll let you know how to get it to me. <laughs> do I even have an email? Probably not. I don't know if you do or not. So they can just email boardgamemechanics at bgmechanics.com or contact or Jason or Joel. Those are the four that I know we have for sure. <laughs> yeah, but if it goes to you or Joel, you're not going to give it to me. That's true. I, I might give it to you. I mean, t- it'd be in the same house. So yeah, you would get it eventually. <laughs> I guess that's true. All right. So the second thing I wanted to talk about is um, a game called Dig Your Way Out. It's by a company called Borderline. And what this is, is essentially Escape from Alcatraz, the board game, but they probably couldn't get the rights. And you're playing, you're rolling dice and you're using those dice to move into certain rooms. In these certain rooms, there are going to be different kinds of cards that have weapons or gang members. And you're trying to form alliances with gang members so they can help you, you know, make relationships with guards to help sneak out and try to dig out through the cell. The ultimate goal is to get to the cell with the right tools and dig your way out. So if you like interesting games with different themes, which this is a different theme, I appreciate that. Go check this out. It's $37, and there are 13 days left, and that's Dig Your Way Out. Yeah, and it's already, like, super funded, but it looks I – th- I love that it's a different theme, and also the artwork. We were talking about this earlier. It's uh, from the same guy who did um, – Raiders of the North Sea. Raiders of the North Sea, you know, Architects, all those. So it's neat to see him do something that's not Vikings. Um, But it's so distinctive and it looks really cool. I totally would play this just because it looks cool. I know. It does really look interesting. I don't really know how the gameplay works. I even watched Tantrum House play it for like 15 minutes and I still have no idea. So um, there is that. Yeah, they've got different gangs that that are involved. Um I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I don't know a lot about, you know, jailhouse (laughs) happenings. Talking talking on the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That is not an unlocked Uh, um, (laughs) stretch goal, but. uh, All right. Before we dive too far down that rabbit hole, uh, (laughs) we should probably, we can wrap up the news and then we'll head into our thoughts on origins. 
Okay, so last this past weekend, um, the Origins 2019 board game convention was held here in Columbus. We're just like an hour away. So Jason and I were there a couple of days. Several other members of the Riveted were there. Um, and as always, it was a great time. I think this is, what, our fourth year going, Jace? Yeah, that sounds right. I, I don't think it's five, but it's definitely four. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I, but if I, we probably have all the badges hanging in our game room. <laughs> yeah, that's actually. true. I could go, go dig through those. <laughs> Collect. <laughs> um, so this year, what was really cool is one of the members of the Riveted and Fan Zero, Mike McCorney, actually drove here from the Eastern Seaboard like seven hours or something to come just one day to origins. And so Chase and I were like, we have got to hang out. So we went and had dinner with Mike and just got to know him and played a couple games. Let me tell you, this is, this is so great. And Joel says this all the time. And usually I don't listen to anything Joel says, but he's right on this. The riveted has some of the best people in it. I mean, legitimately, Everyone is nice. We're not bashing each other. Um, you know, no one's making fun of what games people like or don't like. It's all in good fun and just genuinely really great people. And so someone that I had never met before, hardly knew anything about, you know, drove seven hours. We shared a meal. He was so nice, just really intelligent, like he's so humble. He's like, Oh, I'm just a rig. I'm just kind of a nerdy guy, likes to play games, listens to like, you know, a mediocre podcast, but he like has two advanced degrees and is like saving people from fires is he's just awesome. So that was great. And then we get to play games. And one of the games that Mike brought with him, which I had never even heard of, but Maybe I live under a rock. Um, it's called Ancient Terrible Things. So good. So good. It was really good. Um, if you, if you like me, have never heard of Ancient Terrible Things before, um, it's obviously Cthulhu themed, um, which I didn't love at first, but I've been trying really hard to not judge a game by its cover or its theme, which is very difficult for me. Um, but there are different locations on the board and you get to, you, when it's your turn, go to these locations and you try to complete some kind of challenge, which is dice based. So it may be three of a kind, or it may be a run of four or, you know, Yahtzee kind of style. And then when you complete it, you're getting resources. Um, there's also kind of a set collection thing in order to get achievements for points. Um, you get tools that you can use to help you out. Uh, it's like a lot like Elder Sign, but I thought much more enjoyable. Oh, it was way more fun. Way more fun. Which uh, we have Elder Sign and I do like to play it. And I think you were like, oh, I want to trade this away. And I might have tried to stop you from doing that. Um, but if you can find this game, I would take it over <laughs> Elder Sign, I think. Just because you have a lot more ways to accomplish things and it's not i mean yes it can be kind of punishing but not the way elder sign is yeah i agree i totally agree there's actually some interesting decisions you can do with the dice it's not just oh i didn't roll the stuff i'm gonna die if you don't can't beat the baddie you can still collect resources still do other things so it feels like even though yeah you failed a little bit you still get stuff and that makes the game a little more fun to me Right, and we even had um, just some random guy. And this is the great thing about Origins, too. Some random guy was like, hey, 
are you guys just starting this game or do you need another extra player? I'm like, yeah, sure. So Corey, I don't know if you're listening, man, but it was fun playing with you. Uh, Yeah. For some reason, I thought his name was Chris. Well, he was wearing like four badges, but the top one said Corey. Uh, So I think that was his actual name. I'm I'm not for sure. He was from Minnesota. That's all I remember. Uh, Gotcha. So if anyone's up there in Minnesota and you know a a Corey, get him a casserole. Don't you know? (laughs) <laughs> well, along with Ancient Terrible Things, we also played the bomb diggity version of Council of Four, the good one that looked real dry and boring. <laughs> you know, that one. We played that, and Picorni never played it before, and he whooped us all. Uh, yeah, we lost real bad. Like, I wanted to say that he didn't whoop us bad, but that was actually <laughs> no, an Ancient Terrible yeah. Things where I was pretty close. <laughs> yeah. In Council of Four, he whooped us pretty bad. No, it was embarrassing. Like, I don't know if I was just really tired or it's just Mike recording was just that skillful. Like, I don't want to downplay how well he did in that game because he was linking all the cities, getting all the bonuses one after another, just just tearing it up. It was it was a good play, Mike. Good play. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. I don't think I've ever played that game and seen somebody connect all of their cities together. That was actually pretty awesome because I had like 53 extra bonus points from doing some other stuff. And he still won. I thought I was going to win for sure, but he just still slaughtered. It was crazy. Yeah, I, my score was just completely embarrassing. I don't know what was going on. I couldn't influence any councils, and I had no money. It was a bad time. I think we need to play that on the live stream so they can see me whoop you again. No. Okay. This is a side note, everyone. <laughs> I was so demoralized about losing Great Austria Hotel. Not only number one to Jason, which I've only lost to him like once before. And we played that game. I don't know. 50 times but two to lose on live stream like i'm so irritated like jason's so not competitive and i so am and i like every night i have a fight with myself like do i smother him for beating me or or do i let him live another day like how do i plot my revenge so if i'm not on the episode next week you know what happened you heard it here i'm not editing it out but then it would be joel and i on the same episode and that would just be bananas that's true. That would be crazy. But speak back to to Origins. You were irritated at losing to me. You know what I'm irritated about? <laughs> How terrible parking was this year. It was awful. <sighs> so bad. We, we got there at not even 10 o'clock both days. Every parking garage was full. Every single one of them. Well, to be fair, this I think to, this just further points to the fact that you are just a small town kind of country boy. Who doesn't do the big city? It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, I should be able to get a parking spot in a parking garage. That's what they're there for. So I can park in them at 10 in the morning. So everyone else also goes to those parking garages because they also need to park. What makes you think you're special? I drove for an hour. That makes me special. Okay. All of you that live in large cities (laughs) and know what it's really like to hassle with parking... You need to comment on this episode. <laughs> Hashtag big city truth. So that Jason knows. Small town problems. Hashtag small town <laughs> Hashtag problems. small town problems. You can't just park wherever you want just because you showed up. And along with parking, the attendance was actually up, I think, a little bit this year. It felt a little crazier inside than it did in previous years. That didn't bother me as much because you could still walk up and demo games whenever you wanted. But it was definitely... A little bit more. There was a little bit more hustle and bustle in there, I think. Well, and also, I think um, it's not. Yes, there seem to be more people kind of milling about, 
but also the fact that there were more um like more people early on in the weekend so like before we would go on thursday i mean it's open on wednesday but the exhibit hall is not so we go on thursday and there would be hardly anyone we could demo everything we wanted to right away just walk up people are begging for your attention yeah that's Um, true but that wasn't true this year no it wasn't which is weird yeah people caught wise I mean, eventually word of mouth is going to spread around and people are going to be like, hey, maybe we should go on Thursday when there's nobody there. <laughs> right. I haven't seen anything. I'm looking to see anything about the attendance numbers from this year. That'll probably be a couple weeks from now, I think. Right. Um, last year, 2018, set an attendance record. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, 2019 surpassed that, actually, because I do feel like it was busier. But we weren't there on Saturday also. Which is usually the busiest day. Right. That's true. Yeah. So that's my rant. Parking and attendance. I feel better now. So you can go on and bring us back down to better things. Well, another thing about attendance is I like to look around at who is there. Not just the amount of people there, but what kinds of people are there. And I feel like I saw a lot more families this year from like early on from Thursday and Friday. Um I saw a lot more women in general. And I think Origins over the past four years has been, you know, fairly populated by females. Um, I mean, obviously, definitely a smaller percentage than males, but not scarce. Like, I've been to Nova, and I was like one of seven women there, and I came with three. So um, I really – there were a large number of women, a lot of couples – like young couples. And so I think it's nice to see people kind of, you're seeing that people are picking up the hobby and doing it together. And I think that that's really special. And that's kind of, you know, what for us is great about board gaming is that it's something we do as a couple and other people. But a lot of times you hear about like the lonely board gamers, the people who can't find a group or the guy whose wife hates board games and he never gets to play. I I wasn't really seeing that this year at Origins. That's true. Yeah, we were talking about that before, that it felt a little more uh, not one-sided of the demographic that was in there. So that is nice to see, for sure. Keep going, people. Ladies, keep coming. That's what she said. Revolution. (laughs) So (laughs) another game, actually, that Mike McCorney brought, we didn't play, but was there at Origins, um, was Fire in the Library. And I was so excited to try it. Like, I really wanted to try Meg's copy. Um, but Jason wanted to play Ancient Terrible Things because you can't find it or something, I guess. Is that true? Yeah, it's big time out of print. Okay, big time out of print. And Fire in the Library, it's not. But according to back to Kickstarter, because I think because he's a firefighter and, you know, Fire in the Library thematically. For me, I was like, no, don't let the books burn. And that's kind of what you're doing. And so we went, got a really quick demo at the booth. Um, that was at... Weird Giraffe. Giraffe. Weird Giraffe. Which I don't know that I've ever noticed that publishing company before, but I'm not really good with that piece of things. Um, and so Fire in the Library is like a push your luck where you're drawing these cubes out of a bag and there are different colors of books that are different colors of cubes. And there's also red cubes to represent fire. And so if anyone draws two fire on their turn, the books they have been trying to save burn up, which sucks. Um, you don't get points. However, there's this other crazy mechanic that I love about it that each player has a different um, 
little cart or something in front of them that they're using on their turn. Tools. No, it's not tools. I mean, yes, there are tools, but where you put the where you put the cubes down on. Oh yeah, the turn order thing. Yeah, I don't know what there's probably there has to be some thematic thing for that, like library card or something. Uh, that might actually be what it's called. Yeah, I think that's right. Huh, I just made it up. So the first player, yeah, you get first into the bag, which is going to have a lot of books in it. However, there's only like one sa- there's like one space that you can get a tool on, and all the other spaces for you to put books on have fire symbols on them. And anytime, even if you get one red cube on a fire space, your books burn up. So then that's the challenge. Like, do I want to go later? Do I want to go earlier? And there's all these cool tools that you have. Some of them will fling fire cubes at other people. They'll put out the fire you have. Um, If it catches on fire, you can miraculously save one book. Um, And the great thing about that, those tools, is it adds this kind of gamery element to what is a chance kind of game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like this game a lot. I was having awful, awful, awful luck. For the first half of the game. Then I had like a 50-point turn, and that really turned it around. So I'm glad that you liked this and made me buy it. Yeah, he didn't want to buy it. Everyone, <laughs> Almost every time we go to a con, there is one game that I want and I will advocate for. And then it turns out to be an awesome game. The last game that I did this for was Bargain Quest. And that's turned out to be a fantastic game. So Yeah, you did it to Caper, too, I think. I did it to Caper, too. Yeah, so you're right. We need to buy this. I need to quit. I need to quit. Uh... Why do you doubt me? Yeah, I don't know. I need to stop. But Fire and Library, it was great. Um, and I think that's the other cool thing is like Jason and then I think uh, Kim was playing it as well. And you can get really f- – and me too even. The first time we played this, I got super far behind. And then I had one turn where I got a bunch of points. And I had a tool that allowed me to double those points. And so I was right back in it. Like it just one turn. It turned right around. Um, and I think that's what's so cool about it is you never really know. It's not like someone gets so far ahead and then they're unstoppable. Like it's just a really fun game and the theme is cool. My only regret is that I do not have the upgraded tokens. I don't regret that at all. You could get these instead of just cubes, which I realize Jason's <sighs> love affair with cubes. They have the ones that are like shaped meeples, which if you know me and you've seen some of my videos, some of my favorite things are shaped wooden meeples and they had meeples shaped like books. How cool is that? It's super cool. Now moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fire in the library is cool though. I totally agree. It's great. It was it was a great buy, a great demo. Look for it. Buy it yourselves. It's a great pusher lucky. Agreed. All right. So if you listened to last week's episode, I was talking with Joel about the some of the things that we were excited about at Origins. And my number one game that I was excited to play was a game called Imaginarium. And guess what? I played it and it did not disappoint. So when we were at Origins, I think we played for maybe 20 minutes because we had to leave or something like that. But we played a five-player game, which was a little long because, one, we were learning and it was five players. Right. But essentially what this game is, it's an engine builder game with a little bit of worker placement, or I guess maybe action selection that kind of looks like worker placement, where you're trying to build these machines to generate resources to turn those resources into either points or other machines that generate points. And it's a race to get to 20 points first. And then when somebody gets to 20 points, everybody reveals their points. You hand out a couple points for the resources, whoever has the most of each of the four kinds. And then whoever has the most points is the winner. So 
because I liked it so much at Origins, I bought it. And it's a good thing I did because it was sold out on Friday. So got it on Thursday, sold out on Friday. And the reason I was pumped about this, because it came out, I think, in French or German before. I think French. And it wouldn't come to America. They did a Kickstarter. The Kickstarter failed. But Bombix and Colossal or Surf and Meeple, there was a booth of all three of those at Origins. One of those companies picked it up and made an English copy. So now I have one and I'm super pumped and it's very, very good. Yeah, I know Jason had done some research on this before, and I vaguely remember we watched um, Z Garcia do like a review of it. But when we saw it at the booth, the artwork is what really intrigued me because it's like this steampunk circus. Like it's almost creepy, but not. No, it's it's creepy. Those teeth are okay. creepy. I don't think the teeth on the board are creepy. Some of the animal <laughs> they like mash up these animals, and then that's weird. Yeah, but, it's weird. Uh, other thing that I love about it is your um, actual like player markers are these big miniatures. Shock, gasp! But Jason owns, but they're very much in like the Lord of uh, Dogs of War um, kind of way, where it's just something that you use to represent you. Yeah. It's not funny. It could be a, it could be a colored meeple. Yeah, but I'm glad it's not because I love it. Like there's this woman I I always want to play her now. She's this humongous white hat and like. It's just, they're really intricate, and I love, like, the feel of, like, a good, chunky, tactile, like, player piece, and all of them are like that, and that's fantastic. Like, I'm still trying to figure the game out. I, I do like it, um, but I think I could become really good at it after another play or two, so maybe we could live stream that one as long as I'm sure I can win. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, it has some weird rules, like the combining of these machines, because you can combine like kinds of machines or you can combine two different colors but only once you can combine the exact same machine up to three times so there's some funky rules with that and then once sometimes your your laboratory will get full and then you have to take machines apart so you have room to store other machines so that part's kind of funky but yeah it's a great game yeah and you're waiting like certain ones combine and so you can decide okay i'm gonna go for and like each time you play different like achievement kind of cards come out. So you want to go after different types of things or wait for like point generating machines and try and build those, which we didn't really have that in our playthrough. But the last time we played it here, we did. So it was, it's cool. It's a cool game. Yep. And I, I also have a video of it on YouTube if you want to see more about it. So go check that out. And I feel like it's kind of the new hotness. Um, I don't know about the new hotness, but it's a newer game that I hadn't heard of before. Whereas there are, in the past, I feel like most most booths at Origins had older games that I'd already played, or even I would play them, and they'd come to Kickstarter like two years later, or they, but they'd still be at Origins again. And I'm like, I've already played this game at Origins like two years ago. Like I think Grim Forest was like that. I'm like, we played that a year ago, and now it's coming out. It was just strange. Or people will be like, oh, here's a demo. Yeah, you can't get this. It's on Kickstarter right now. Or, oh, we'll, we'll have it for sale at Gen Con, which really sucks because we never go to Gen Con. I mean, to be fair, it's only an hour and a half from us. So there's no reason why we couldn't, except it's wicked expensive. Yeah, that's the reason why we don't. Well, yeah. that, is, that is why we don't. It's wicked expensive. And there's just a ton of people. And Jason 
if you haven't caught on to this, it does not do with big people. Not big people. It does not do well. <laughs> it's it's big people, little people. It doesn't matter. It's all people. Yeah. <laughs> like if my daughter tonight said, Daddy, you hate humans. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She, I, I mean, she's not wrong, but yeah. I didn't tell her to say that, by the way. <laughs> um, so a lot of times you'll go and they'll just be like, oh, this stuff is at Gen Con. And we're like, well, crap. So we have to find one of our crazy friends who goes to Gen Con all the time. We're like, hey, pick this up for us. Or can you look and see if they have this for sale? Or if you can fight through the billion people and find parking in that big crazy city over there, can you get this for us? And I didn't feel like that was the case this year at Origins. There were a few things, which we'll talk about one of them later. Um, but for the most part, if it was there to demo, it was there for sale. Or they were debuting it there at Origins, and you could buy it there, which I think is really cool. Oh, yeah, I agree. There was a, a new restoration game that we didn't get a chance to play, but like the conspiracy game. That was brand new debut. It might have been at UKGE, but it was well in America for the first time at Origins. And but it sold out and it was for sale. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see that. Hey, I don't have to go play. I can't. I'm not going to go play a museum and then I have to wait a year until it comes out in retail. <laughs> right, or like the new Van Ryder games and stuff that there that I think are really cool, like the Choose Your Adventure type books and stuff. They have like the cooperative ones out this year, and it was there, and I felt like finally, not everything is at Gen Con. This is a manageable place. So Origins is hot, man. Yeah, I agree. I hope they keep doing that even more every other year because it'd be nice to be able to get games before they go to Gen Con and you have to fight through all those people. Well, then what happens then if everything starts coming out of Origins and then people start coming to Origins and not Gen Con? Maybe that's what happened. Well, then we'll go to Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> not unless Gen Con gets cheaper. It will get cheaper if nobody goes. I guess that's true. It's, you heard it here first. <laughs> We're taking down the price of Gen Con, one person <laughs> origins at a time. Yep, that we are. Uh, um, speaking of games that you could demo and purchase, uh, I demoed one. It's another Bruno Catala game. I guess I played a couple Bruno Catala games at Origins, because Imaginarium was him too. Um, so this game is called Nagaraja. Um, I, it wasn't for sale at the booth that I played it, but I know the Cool Stuff booth supposedly had it. I didn't see it, but I'll take their word for it. They said they had it. So what this is, it's a two-player game where each player has this little cave or, I don't know, ancient ruin. And off off the ruin is these, there's nine different pathways that you're trying to connect uh, different tiles to these t pathways. So you can flip this hidden like piece to see if it's a cursed gem or an actual regular gem. If you get three cursed gems, you lose. But if you can hit 25 points, you're going to beat the other player. The trick here is you may want to have some of your cursed gen gems re revealed because they're worth the most points. They're worth double, I think, what all the other gems are. So if you have 18 points, you can go try to flip a couple cursed gems and you're going to win. It's a really cool two-player game. There's some card play. You roll these cool dice that are like sticks. They yeah, have, they're not dice. They're like... Yeah, they're like runes or something. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Yeah, they have sticks. They have like pips, which like dice. So like two to four or five... And then on some of the sides, they have this little, like, line, which is called the Raja. I don't know what that means, but it's whenever you... It's a squiggle. Or a yeah, tilde. it's a squiggle line. Uh, but when you roll that face on the stick or the die, you're allowed to play cards from your hand to manipulate the sticks, maybe move some of your opponent's tiles around, move some of your own tiles around to help 
make pathways connect a little bit better. So, yeah, it's a luck-based game, but there's also some tactics and strategy in it. So I really dig it. I tried to buy it, but it was gone. So that's Nagaraja. That's like your other beef again. It's like the parking thing. Like, if I want to buy this game, it should be here. It should be. I agree. How dare someone get here early and buy it before me so there's none here? No. They should bring enough games so everybody who wants one can have one. They should know how hot a game is going to be before they take it to the con. There's no way. Z Garcia loves that game. He gave that nothing but positive love. Man vs. Meeple gave it nothing but positive love. They knew they had a hit on that game. They also like some stupid games, too, that people aren't necessarily going to buy. It's Bruno Catala. Okay, I'm just saying. I actually saw this, and I think you had mentioned it before, and I did my usual thing. Where I looked at the box, and I, and I looked at the board, and I was like, oh, yeah. You thought, no. it was, you thought it was spatial stuff. I did. I thought it was spatial manipulation, which I, to be fair, you do lay down these these tiles, and the pathways have to connect. However, not not impossible for my brain to fathom. I could do this. I can do this. It's like um, Raja the Ganges, where you put the pass in. Right, yeah. It's the and same I, thing. I, I love that game. We should live stream that game. I think I can win that game. It, it's interesting. It's like Raja the Ganges, and this name has Raja in the title, too. Interesting. <laughs> well, it's like India and Temple, ancient uh, relics. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so, that's Raja. Right. I saw it, and um, I was like, uh, and then I watched you play it with the, the demo guy, and I, I think it would be fun. I think I would give it a try if we had actually been able to purchase it. Yep, it's good. So, speaking of games that have actually debuted at Origins, um, several years ago, gosh, how many years ago has it been? Just three? Three. Three, three years ago, the first in the Century s- series, I don't know what they call that. I'm sure it has some kind of name. Uh, I don't know, just Century trilogy yeah. I, I don't know and the century trilogy was uh century spice road and it debuted at origins and we just happened to play it no not a ton of buzz about it but once people sat down and played it they loved it and it was sold out i think after that first day yeah yeah we picked it up on thursday and it was gone but, on friday yeah but we but we bought it and really liked it we've taught it to dozens of people since then i know several people that are not gamers have actually gone out and bought it because they played it with us and like i loved that game i want to introduce it to my family i went out and bought it which is so great so the final um game in the trilogy debuted origins this year and it's century the new world and we sat down and got to demo it we weren't going to because we're like because uh, to be fair the second one in the series kind of left a bad taste in my mouth personally yeah, mine too. I still try to wash that taste out. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was okay. Um, and I'm not particularly good at the regular century. Like, Jason's really good at that game. I can win that game with four cards. It's so annoying. Like, I think that's why I don't want to play it, because I'm wrong. Because I, I could win the second game, even though I didn't like it. Yeah, it was but, awful. I was awful at the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, eh, third one. But we were just kind of having a casual day on Friday. We're like, yeah, let's demo that. Let's sit down for a while and meet some people and demo it. So we sat down with two other people and demoed this game. And it it was good. It was good. So in century fashion, you have these gold cards at the top. And you are trying to fulfill contracts with your different spices, with your are there spices now? Uh, it's like um, meat, hides, corn, and there's one other one, a uh, tea. Tea. Okay, so goods. So you're trying to fill these contracts with goods, which is typical century. However, you're getting those goods 
by placing workers. <laughs> but by workers, I mean incredibly tiny, teeny, tiny, tiny <laughs> Super tiny. Like, I don't understand why they had to be so tiny. Because it's not like there were little tiny spaces they had to fit on. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just thought, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted some differentiation between the cubes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're smaller than the cubes. Like, that's how small these meeples are. Like, they're teeny tiny. But you're you're sending your meeples out to these different spots on the board to collect resources or upgrade resources. And then you're sending your people also to fulfill the contracts. And then you get um, special bonuses from that. You can get more people, to, more workers. You can open up new spaces on the board. You also can do kind of this set collection thing where you get symbols. And if you have so many like pairs of some or so many of one, um, you get points. I thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's essentially Century. So if you know how to play Century, this is going to have same symbology and all that stuff. And it plays yeah. pretty similarly. But I think I actually might like this one better than Century and, or sp- better than Spice Road. And I really like Spice Road. I agree. I think this one might surpass Spice Road for me. However, I really want to combine the two. Oh, yeah. The, combining the two looks really cool because then you have like an engine of cards along with the engines that are on the board. Yeah, it's really neat. And the best thing about that demo is I won. I I am still not convinced that you completely won because I didn't get my points counted up correctly because you, I, you counted them up. But I, I thought that I had to have a pair of each of these symbols to get the points. Always technicalities. When I didn't. Always technicalities. Well, I wanted to buy it. Well, it was, it was gone. <laughs> to show you up, but it was already gone by Friday. So enough people liked it. At first, I felt like the booth was slow and people weren't weren't playing it or buying it and i think part of that was because i think a lot of people really didn't like the second one in the series um but i think once people caught wind of it they were they were digging it and just the brief um explanation from one of the guys at the booth from plan b about how to combine the first and the third uh definitely has me intrigued and i think that would be the way to go because you're using those big cards that jason loves from the first game but they're staying down in front of you and you're putting your worker workers on them um to kind of create these things so i think i think that's the way to go so i'm going to keep i think we're going to keep an eye out for that one to try and add it to our collection so we can mix the two yep i agree or we can just have chris come over and play all his <laughs> yeah everybody who buys everything <laughs> he's my new hotness buddy that's what i was calling yep uh, thank, thanks for picking that up, man. We're going to be yeah. seeing you over here next week, hopefully, right? <laughs> Play it again. Yeah, so that is a good game. I totally agree. All right, so the final game or final thing I wanted to talk about is one of the games that was actually at Origins that was not for sale. And you didn't even get to do a big demo. You got to play a one-round demo that was like in the middle of the game. And this game is called Abomination, the Heir of Frankenstein. I'm pretty sure this was on my top three things to look out for as well. Because it was a plaid hat game and I was surprised that I liked a plaid hat game. And so what this game is, it's a worker placement game. It plays kind of similarly on the board to like Lords of Waterdeep. You go to a spot, you collect the stuff. And you're trying to fulfill these contracts. But the interesting thing here is, well, one, the theme, you're collecting dead bodies to pillage the parts so you can make this monster to be a friend to Frankenstein's monster because he's lonely. Aww. So so on your player board, you're putting these dead body parts 
and then you're trying to electrify them to bring them back to life. So you have to have so much courage, so much like knowledge. And I think there's, um, like reputation. Yeah. Reputation. You need to have all these, there are the three dials on your board that need to be at a certain level to determine how much of a chance you have to bring this monster back to life. Cause you have to roll dice, which I don't love, but you're going to roll these dice. And if you can get certain faces of the die, it's going to bring either the whole body, a body part back or the whole entire body back. It is such a thematic piece, though. And it's called yeah. humanity. It's humanity, not reputation. But Right. It is thematic. I just – sometimes I don't want it to be thematic. I just – all that work of collecting those pieces and those cubes, and then I'm turning it into nothing because I can't roll the die face. I don't like that. But. How do you think real scientists felt? How do you think Edison felt I, I when he tried like a hundred different types of things for filaments for a light bulb, man? I don't care. I don't want to play a game like that. Oh, you're such a theme killer. But I do want to pick up this game. So even though I don't like that piece of it, it's going to be releasing at Gen Con. So if I can't go to Gen Con, <laughs> I'll have my new hotness buddy pick me up a copy. And then I'll be able to play a whole game of it and not start in the middle. Yeah, I didn't get to demo this one because I was chit-chatting or whatever. Um, but it looks really cool. And there's some like fun things that happen. Like You can kill people. You can kill people. So you can get body parts from different places. Like you can kill people. You can go to the morgue, which they're not super fresh. You can get like execution victims. And so they're super fresh. They're, they're super, super fresh. fresh. They like pulled them off the guillotine and then you can use them. Um, you can use anim- kill animals for parts. Or you can let the animals go, which ups your humanity which is you know i I like some of the decisions that are in there the artwork is super cool i love that i love the theme because i actually like theme no the theme is really cool i I don't like theme but the theme is really cool on this one i totally agree and it is surprising that it's coming from plat hat when they usually have almost card only driven games um but they've got there's some really neat um tokens and stuff and board components that are going on here that i think are really cool yeah, one other thing that I really like is you can get as turns progress, say I get um, like some blood or some bu- um, some organs and some tissue off of a person who just got executed. Over time, unless I put these organs on ice, they're going to decompose. And after certain points, like you have to discard all of your blood. And if they decompose down too far, you have to di- get rid of everything. And the the worse condition that all these parts are when you're trying to make your monster, the less points you get. So it's an interesting kind of resource management game that is actually more of a game, I think, than what happens on the main board is what's going on on your player board. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, it looked really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it is very good. So that's all that. Those are most of my thoughts. I I don't know if you have anything else that you want to talk about that maybe was interesting during the time there or the lead up to it or whatever. Um, I was thinking about a couple other games that we saw. Like, for example, there are two games that we saw that we wanted really badly, but are ridiculously priced because they're from Eagle Griffin. (laughs) I forgot about these. And those two (laughs) games, the first one is Escape Plan by Vital Lacerda. Let me tell you, we love Uncle Vital. We love him. I'm sending him a Christmas card this year. Family newsletter, everything. I love Uncle Vital. We will go visit him in Lisboa. It'll be a great time. However... We cannot afford to purchase his games when they're $120, like Escape Plan was. Yeah, it's crazy. That is nuts. I mean, it looked awesome. It was so cool. It really did. The shaped meeples, they had little guys on motorcycles, and um, it looked like an actual like 
burglar's escape plan where there's like coffee rings from where they've been setting the plans. Like the money looked cool. It was just awesome. But not for $120. It came with a real gold bar and handcuffs. If it did, then yes, I would have paid $120. <laughs> yeah. That is fine. I agree. Yeah, Eagle Griffin has... They have really nice production, but they need to figure out a way to maybe give me an economy version. Give me a coach version of this board game. You know, I would never want it, though. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what is this? This is crap. We got cardboard chits everywhere. I want the upgraded uh, meeples. What is this? Yeah, that's true. There's another one that they had there, though, too, that you were really into. I really, and actually, I think this, it might have been demoed last year at Origins, and it was Scarlet Pimpernel. And, um... I'm a big fan of literature, so I actually haven't read the novel, which I keep thinking I need to, but I've seen the musical, Scarlet Pimpernel, and it looks so great. Like, I'm so interested in the gameplay. The components are really awesome. There's cool things, like, like I think it's worker placement, um, or like- Yeah, sort of. Like, yeah. sometimes you have to take a rest, there's a bed, like, all kinds of cool stuff happening, but- $70. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, we did get thunder from their booth, though. I got um, Mini for sale for $10. Oh, yeah. That's a good find. <laughs> so, not all their games are super expensive, but some I of them. I guess that's true. And that's literally a pack of cards. <laughs> it's a pack of cards and some and some coins that are punched out of cards. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Yeah, I really wanted both those games so bad. Like, to the point where I considered theft. Like, there's the uh, demo copies were sitting out there. I'm like, could I just slide this into one of my 25 cool stuff bags? Yeah, it was it was pondered by me, too. No one but would notice, but I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. If you're, we refrained. We refrained. Eagle Griffin, if you're missing your copies, I did not take them. <laughs> yeah, it was not. I was still on record. But those, yeah. Yeah, those two games, I, I really wanted... Um, Another some other games that we picked up were at the Haba booth, which I love every year. They have such cool games, and so this year we picked up one called Snail. I forget what the second word in that game is, but Snail something, Snail Sprint or Snail Circuit or sprint. something. Sprint sounds Snail Sprint sounds right, which I was totally in love with because yeah, Snail Sprint. You are it's a race like with snails. And you, you, so it's a kind of a roll and move in some ways, but you don't have just one snail that you're rooting for. You have a card with three. And so you and other people have various different interests in these snails. And so the snails move around the track and the box also is part of the track, but the track goes up the sides of the box. But since they're snails, they stick to it. Hello, they're magnetic. It's a tin box. It's so cute. Like, I'm a sucker for that crap. So we, I'm like, we got to buy it. So I bought it for my, my niece whose birthday was on Saturday. It's adorable. If she doesn't like it, I'm just going to take it back for my sister and play it myself because I loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, we also got the game for our girls, too. It's uh, the sequel to the Unicorn Glitter Luck game. It's called Unicorn Glitter Luck Cloud Stacking. So you have these cute little unicorns, and you're trying to stack them around a castle and collect these gems. And then if you can get this little baby unicorn stacked up all the way on top of everything, once you collect all the gems, you win. It's like a little kid cooperative game, which is kind of fun. And I played it with our girls a couple times, and it's it's not bad. Yeah, and I don't like dexterity games, which it essentially 
at heart kind of is because you're sort of yeah the pieces are real fat but the pieces are like fat and chunky and i love the tactile feel of them like so much like i could just play with the pieces like i'm a three-year-old but i love the way they feel and another reason why i got it is because we had gotten the original unicorn glitter luck and i think our kids were just a little too small because they just broke it down for parts and i've been stepping in this dang hot pink crystals ever since yep and keep trying to throw them all away because they're driving me crazy but our youngest who albeit is my child she is just like her mother and is super competitive and does not like losing and we're trying to teach her we really are trying to teach her to be a gracious loser and a gracious winner but since this is a cooperative game and also a game she can play solo that sold it for me because I, as, as soon as we gave it to her, I'm like, look, you can play this by yourself. If your <laughs> sister or daddy or mommy don't want to play with you, you can just set up the table and play. And she, yeah, and she nice. has several times. So it was awesome. Cloud stacking. It's good. Uh, and another highlight was we got to hang out with some some friends at the con. So Jim and Kim were there. Um, Matt and Jamie. Matt and Jamie. Brandon and Josie. My buddy Chris, well, our buddy Chris, the new hotness guy, was there, and Picorni. So there were a decent amount of people that are in our gaming group, well, besides Picorni. All the other people are actually in our gaming group, and we hang out with them pretty regularly. So it's nice to just see our friends. Well, and honestly, as the years have gone on, you know, four years now, every year I feel like we're adding somebody else from our group. We're like, hey, you should come to Origins, man. Come with us. Come with us. We'll hang out. We'll try some new games. You guys should come. And so now that like a majority of our friend group, shows up there because we're all we're i mean we're close to columbus and so we get to hang out there and we're each like talking about okay what'd you find did you try this did you try that oh hey you're gonna pick that up well i'll pick up this other game and then we can all kind of bring them all together and play after origins and so that's been really great and i think that's for me being the social person that i am I love going and meeting new people at Origins, and I think they try to really create an atmosphere where you can just sit down and say hey to somebody new and join in a game. But it's also nice to be able to bring friends and meet up, you know, year after year and and get into new games. Yep, I agree. Another thing we did, we ate some Thai food at the North Market and some donuts. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, so good. So, North Market is right there by the convention center, and I've actually gone like outside of Origins um because during Origins it is bananas at mealtimes, but they have such freaking good stuff there. I mean, it uh explicit. Now we're explicit. Good job. Oh, I said I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm not like going around saying cheap ass <laughs> like you, okay? <laughs> no, it's fine. That's right, Joel. You're not here. Katie's taking over for the nasty boys of the podcast. <laughs> Katie's the nastiest boy. <laughs> I don't think that works. I know. Um, but it's it's amazing. Like, it was so good. So most people go to Hot Chicken table, Takeover, which is – or Takeout? Takeover? Takeover. Takeover. I always get that wrong, which is, is good. Don't get me wrong. But the lines are always insane. So – we decided not to do that, even though all the other lines were insane. But yeah, we went to Nita's. Shout out, Nita's. You're probably not listening and never will. But it was- They, they will when I tag them. It was awesome. I had, oh, I had this tuna poke bowl. like, And they have all of like the Japanese candy and soft drinks that I grew up with. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this has the best gum. Oh, they got Botan rice candy. Oh, they got my- uh, um, 
Ramune drink, like everything. So I was like wigging out. I'm like, oh, these, like in the poke bowl, the pickled cucumbers. I'm like, this is just like what my grandma would make. Oh my gosh. So I, it was, it was, it was great. Or maybe I was just starving. I don't know. Either way, it was awesome. <laughs> no, I was hungry, but yeah, it was really good. I had pad thai noodles, um, this spring roll that was deep fried. I don't think it was an egg roll no, because it was, it was a, really small. It was a spring roll. It was good. And I had some California roll, which, I mean, is sushi without raw fish in it. Whatever. It was still good. White people yeah, sushi. Yeah, so uh, I definitely, yeah, white people sushi. I definitely want to go there again sometime and check it out because it was super oh, good. Was, I wanted to, Afterwards, I was sitting there just waiting for our food. I'm like, I want to eat everything on this stinking menu. Uh, <laughs> so while we were waiting, like good mis- Fatman Westerners, we went down to the, the donut place, which was no line and got donuts at destination donuts who i had one that was pina colada which i personally love that those flavors i love coconut i love pineapple some people don't but i thought that no that 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 lemon one was much better then i got a lemon blueberry oh my gosh it was phenomenal it was super good yeah i got this chocolate toffee one oh so good they're all yeast donuts which some people will swear by duck donuts and okay okay i had one it was hot i mean it tasted good I, don't get me wrong. Like, it was good. But they're cake donuts. And I I like the yeast donuts better. And so, Destination Donut, legit. So good. They had, like, this salted buttered caramel one there, too, that I didn't try. But I have had before, and it's good. I had a mojito one there before that was, like, rock your socks off. This red hibiscus one. Oh, I'm hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. So, after Origins... We left there Friday, like late afternoon, because we had to pick up our kids. Because bless you, parents that are brave and take your kids to Origins. Like I couldn't do it. I, I'm not that strong. You are the real heroes, people. So we left our kids with my grandparents. So we had to come back and get them, but we didn't let the gaming end at Origins. Nope. <laughs> so that night, we're like, hey, uh, you want to step by our house on the way home to your house and play some games? So we had some of our friends. Brandon and Josie came over. We ordered pizza, and we broke out the new games, busted everything out. Fire in the Library and Imaginarium. So fun. It was so fun, yeah. Fire in the Library is a really good game. I can't wait to play that some more. Oh, we didn't mention that while it's not new, you finally, we finally own now a copy of Quacks. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we did pick that up. And have played it. (laughs) Yeah, don't get me started on that because they brought out so many copies at the beginning of each day. Supply and demand, Adam Smith. Uh, Get the program. I'm filled with rage. You're so ridiculous. (laughs) You might as well be a commie. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it was early Friday and they had a copy there, so I snagged that up. So, And we played it with... um, your yeah, your sister. My sister. My sister and my sister's sister in law. That's crazy. Yeah. And your sister doesn't really love games, but she actually really enjoyed this one. So that talks about how good of a game this is. Yeah, my sister legit hates most games. Um I don't know why she likes I, I think it's because she likes to suck the fun out of everything, but um she likes Azul. We got her Azul. She's an accountant, if that tells you what her personality's like. No offense to any of you accountants out there, but my sister is like the stereotypical, I love numbers, black and white, control freak accountant. So she doesn't usually like games, but she was really digging quacks. Like she lost super bad, but still had a really good time. 
Yeah, she was really liking the gambling part because that part's really the basis of the game is pulling this stuff out of the bag to see what you get. And she was having a good time with it. And I'm really, I think it's, although I think this comes out of Gen Con, I'm interested to see what the expansion has in store because I, I mean, I'm not already not tired of the base game, but I feel like if you can have more of a good thing, why not? Yep, I agree. I agree. So those are uh, some of the things we did, played. Got irritated with. And like, this is basically just a rant for you. This entire <laughs> episode. That's not true. You've been That's railing true. on crap. That's not true. I liked Abomination, but I railed on some dice. The only thing I really railed on was not having games for sale and the parking. Oh That's gosh. really it. A secret word of the episode, Jason's full of rage. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I just want. I just want what I want. I mean, that's not too much to ask. Small town boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I finally got to do this. Yeah, you did. You did it for an hour. We're at an hour right now. Oh my gosh, take see. Better watch out. Uh, We're gonna take a poll on the website if you'd rather have me as a host instead of Joel. Just kidding. Yeah, I don't think I'll put that poll up. <laughs> everyone, I just want everyone to know, I love Joel. Joel and I have been friends for a super long time. I actually knew Joel before I knew Jason. That's true. I think when we were dating, we went to the church where Joel and his wife go to and saw them there. I knew him before that because I worked with him when I was in college. Yeah, that's true. At a youth event. So I have known Joel for a long time. Our friendship isn't that fickle. I mean, we may schedule a steel cage match to see... <laughs> Who is going to be the, the new host? Because Joel and I both can't be. We can't kick you out because we need a straight man. We're too much alike. Yeah, you can't kick me out because I have that sexy Marlboro man voice. That's what Joel always says. I, I don't. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, I never thought that about you. I, I don't think it either. But now whenever I listen to the podcast, I think it. <laughs> I mean, I love your voice and all. And I am actually doing another podcast that's completely unrelated to this. But... um. My co-host on that podcast says that I I speak from my diaphragm and I just have like this, I have like a rich voice. So, you know, that's why we're a pair, babe. I guess so. The the sexy voice pair. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) It is weird. I might edit that out. So (laughs) (laughs) let's just just make this madness stop. So I'm Jason. And I'm Katie. Keep Keep gaming. Origins!